0: Hi, my name is Gary Myers. And I'm Joe Fonda. And we're the host for the Answering the Call podcast. And this is the podcast where we talk to people who are answering God's call. Today, our guests are Andrew and Emma, missionaries in Asia. Andrew is an NOBTS grad who grew up in Central America as a missionary kid. Emma grew up in the Midwest and felt God calling her to missions. In this episode, they talk about missionary expectations and what it means to fail following God. And so, here are Andrew and Emma. Okay, Andrew and Emma, uh, last name we are leaving off because you're serving in a sensitive area in Asia, country in Asia. Um, You are English teachers taking the gospel to people um, who don't have the gospel. Now, you've only been there uh, kind of a short while, Mm -hmm. however... Um Andrew you grew up as a missionary kid yeah in Central America mm-hmm. and Emma you you had a very different um uh childhood briefly tell us like how did you why did you become a missionary
1: Well uh great question uh I so yeah my family they're they're Christians um and so I came to know Jesus at a very young age um and so I, I realized that if if life is all about Jesus I want my I want my job to be about it and but um, that uh, so I thought I was going to be a pastor because I thought that was the only mm-hmm. job that allowed that mm-hmm. um, but I was so thankful to realize there was more out there um, and God showed me that actually every job is a, a mission work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that really opened the, the arena, but he, he just put um, in me uh, the desire for diver- different cultures, especially Asian cultures, and so, um, um, uh, especially the country that we serve, I, I mm-hmm. just saw the name everywhere, so I thought, hey.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, and I like Asian food, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and then I learned about the, the need and the lack of the gospel in, in Asia, and that just really kind of captured me. Mm-hmm. So
0: Somebody told me this one time. Um, I had a question about my calling just in life, and I was trying to work through some things, and he said, you know, whatever you're naturally attracted to, you should give a really good look at. Yeah. You know, it, it might not be that's what God's calling you to, but you know, and that, that sounds a lot like what you mentioned. And you guys had both been serving in a missionary capacity before you met, because you, you're you married, but you've only been married uh, nine months or something yes. like that, right? <laughs> but you were both serving as mis- in a missionary capacity before. How did that happen?
2: Well, um, first of all, going back to you, you said that uh, you should whatever you feel like you, mm-hmm. you're passionate about or whatever you should do that. Is um, I had to go with my second best because there's no openings for X-wing pilots. Um, okay, right. Uh, well, there's a, there's a technical problem there, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so
1: missions, space, and beyond. <laughs> right.
2: When I was 16 years old in Mexico at the time. Um, I felt God calling me to do mission work um, because we were translating uh, for people there, Would show the Jesus film, and, uh, and I would be the one who would translate for the American pastor, the, the plan of salvation and everything. Um, and I remember one time specifically that the people were just so hungry to accept this news. And uh, as I was translating back and forth, I just kind of stopped the English speakers like, hey, I got this and i just went in spanish and and i didn't really speak that good spanish at the time but i remember like somehow i was able to share the whole gospel with them um and i don't remember what i said or how i said it and i feel like god kind of overcame me and gave me the spirit of speaking spanish beyond my ability at the time Um, and that's really impressed me at the time that god was calling me to to share the gospel people who'd never heard it before so that's why I went to the States and got my Bible degree and then later came here to NOPTS to get a, a master's so that I could do that. And then I found this group that was working in Asia and it, it just felt like a f- perfect fit for me. I had previously tried to go um, to, uh, to Egypt with a group here and that kind of fell through mm-hmm. and everything. Um, and so I thought maybe the the Muslim world, but then, then later God called me to, um, to this part of Asia uh, instead. And uh, it just, when I arrived, it felt like I was home. And mm-hmm. It just felt like a perfect fit. Um, and then Emma, it was really cool how she got connected to this whole group because it all started, um, for her connecting to me at least, with my parents also joining this same group and, and coming with me to, to where I was in Asia. And then they went to training Mm-hmm. And then that's where I let Emma uh, pick up the story.
1: Yeah, well, um, at training, I met Andrew's dad, and Andrew's have he handed me um, Andrew's prayer card. And it was, it was more like, oh, um, by the way, there's this nice-looking man who's also kind of about your age. So he's,
0: he's trying to set you up and, like, here's a prayer card. Oh, it yeah. wasn't <laughs> the first time he'd done that. <laughs> oh, gosh. But okay. this was the first time it yeah. was successful. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Yeah, because actually you still have that prayer card. Wow, I have that's no funny. idea why.
2: He, he was wearing it. What's like, sentimental? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I don't
1: know why I kept it to begin with because I never <laughs> met him before. But. When,
2: when he arrived at, uh, in Asia – at the uh, at the hotel he told me that she was pre approved. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I was like, thanks, Dad. I right. Yeah, and these things never work out. No, but, right. But no. They, no. But, they, but they but should not they they I, I, I don't want to give too much hope to some fathers out there. <laughs> <laughs> bad behavior,
0: you know, encouraging bad behavior. No. But you you had connected with Andrew's family, his siblings, and you had, you were already there doing this work with the same uh, missionary organization, and um, and eventually you guys connected. Um, I think that's I think that's a good, really good point. Um, whenever God calls us to do something in life, and we're married or we're going to be married, like we kind of have to be on the same page. We don't always see and hear the same things, mm. but we do kind of have to have that same heart
2: yeah we're definitely a team it's really cool we've only been married for a few months but it's already neat to see us tag team in missions mm-hmm. uh like we have some people who are non-believers that uh at the place where we've been working this year while we we're on the kind of a sabbatical and they've um, come over to our home and we've been able to host them and and just uh, minister to them. And it's really Mm -hmm. cool how like I know that she's praying when I'm doing something or I know that and she knows that I'm praying whenever Mm -hmm. she's doing something and and like maybe she's in the kitchen preparing something and then I'm talking in the living room and then we'll kind of pass the baton
1: yeah it's actually it's been cool because a lot we have been doing just here in the states we do (laughs) and i mean that's how we we connect with where we are in asia Mm -hmm. um is through hospitality Mm -hmm. and meeting with students and and just really loving on them Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's been it's been cool to be a team and um early on as i um, I, I guess I, I came with a m- mindset that you know my aim in life can't be marriage because mm-hmm. it's not a promise to mm-hmm. me, um, and uh, I at times I've had to go through this conversation sometimes mm-hmm. with God <laughs> mm-hmm. to, to do to just remember like you know he reminded me, am I enough for you? And the answer, um, whether it was seeking just a, a, even a close best friend like. Like a girlfriend of some kind, i, he, I, I always was wanting that, and he mm-hmm. like, "And that was the question." And I had to come to terms. I'm like, "Yes, yes, you are." And and I was surprised that in, in that process, of, of um, he would, uh, um, just grace me with with Andrew. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it, it, it's not—it's not like I was lacking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it definitely was
0: um, certainly an additive.
1: And we find out the more we talk about our past that man, if we met each other like five years years earlier, we'd not be friends and. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so
1: the father really molded us for that moment.
0: That's great, so here's something um, I want to ask you guys specifically because you've told me that you're you're often working in the same area or similar areas, and you have very different experiences still. so in a general sense, you know, answer however you want um, what have been some of the things that you really thought it was going to be like X and it turned out to be Y what are some of the things that really kind of blindsided you or just really caught you off guard
2: yeah so you're referring to the fact that um, while we were there we were single and so we were uh, teaching in different cities and then now we came back and we're going to be going back together this time and so it's going to be different um, because it keeps changing everything changes over there but uh, one of the things that really surprised me, um, I had visited this place before and I'm a rather picky eater <laughs> and, and I, I really hated the food the first time I was there. Um, Which is an
0: unfortunate thing to be picky eater and then to leave right. the country oh, that you're I mean I,
2: I grew up in Mexico and I hated Mexican food the whole time I was wow. there. I, don't, I mean it was weird. That's I mean, rough. It breaks my heart. That's, <laughs> right. that's right. Mine too actually. <laughs> I just don't like onions. I yeah, that's, and and a of you but um i really expected it to just be kind of terrible in some of the ways like i thought i thought it would be really hard for me with the food and stuff sure sure and when i got there i realized it's actually pretty awesome i mean Mm. i still don't like onions i still don't like most of the things i didn't like then but i've like been a lot less picky first of all and Mm -hmm. second of all i've learned to adapt or kind of just move Mm -hmm. things over or or order what i want there that that Mm -hmm. i like and. And, and that's one of my favorite things now is the food there. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I see that as a grace from God. That,
1: yeah, I do too. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, right? Because <laughs> you got
0: to live with it. Yes. Um, that's a really interesting thing because I feel like that sounds like a small thing. Yeah. But it's not. Because yeah. when, you know, if we're really being honest with ourselves, God is calling me to do this great thing in my mind. This is such a great, huge thing. And I'm like, yeah, but here's my objection. I don't want to tell anybody, but I don't like Food, you know what I mean like yeah. that's why I'm kind of pushing the brakes you know or whatever it is but but that that is kind of an interesting thing that you I like how you said that you didn't actually you don't actually like different things now but somehow or another it's turned out that you really enjoy this whole process yeah it's weird
2: like um, I I Whenever people say they don't like something, usually what that means is they can eat it, they just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I say I don't like something, usually what it means is if I swallowed it, I would probably gag and throw up, <laughs> and I don't want to do that, and so it's better for everyone if I just avoid it. Um, and now it's kind of adjusted more to the I can eat it, but I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And when that, that right there is, I, th- I think that's the biggest change almost. Mm-hmm. is like I can eat things I don't like now, whereas before I couldn't kind mm-hmm. of.
1: Yeah, I'm still praying for the miracle that he will begin to like onions. <laughs> yeah, we're,
2: we're the old tale of Jack Spratt and his wife. Jack Spratt could eat no know, fat, his wife could eat no lean. So, mm-hmm. betwixt the two, they lick the platter clean. That's mm-hmm. kind of us. Uh huh. That's funny.
0: Yes. What about you, Emma? What, what kind of caught you off guard, things you didn't see?
1: Um... Well, it's interesting because I've had um, two very different experiences of um, Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, because the first experience, I was a um, kind of an involuntary independent. And I I thought um, I was under the impression of my skill and Christian ability mm-hmm. that, you know, a team would be great, but I can handle it if mm-hmm. I wasn't by myself. And um, I was... Uh, extremely wrong, <laughs> um, and
0: so so you just kind of went by yourself. I did, That's but, but um, she well, wasn't supposed to.
1: Yes, I was. I was I kind of at a. I was part of a different a starting up of a mm-hmm. different program, mm-hmm. and so I was mm-hmm. a guinea pig, and I actually was supposed to have someone in my um, city where I was at. But it didn't work out. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I was a kind of an involuntary um, independent, and um, I was also dealing with um, Some very unhealthy ways of dealing with stress. Mm. Um, I was bulimic Mm. for um, that during that time and that's what um, Andrew mentioned that I kind of had a failed experience Um, and uh, because that I was in a very unhealthy state of just emotionally mm-hmm. and physically, and um, that I had to leave, and I felt like I was abandoning post because my contract was for the year to teach mm-hmm. um, high school students. Um, so um, it was unexpected. Um, the The task at hand, I thought I could handle it, mm-hmm. um, and I even I thought I was trained for it. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I, I mean, I, I had uh, Tesla training and all that. Um, so when I left there, I, I thought I couldn't do that kind of work. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, also a second surprise, because once I joined an organization that um, <laughs> that was the support, I mean, and also modeled in the Bible of going in teams, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I realized that that's not just a, 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 a nice suggestion. It's mm-hmm. really, uh, uh, I would say, necessary uh, mm-hmm. to do that kind of work. Um And, um, but I, I was, it was a fearful thing. And, um, so, uh, I was surprised, um, because I, it's almost like how, um, Jesus led Peter to the charcoal fire again Mm -hmm. after he was, um, after he denied him three times, he restored him, Mm -hmm. um, by building another charcoal fire, um, um, and feeding him and, and, and saying, um, do you love me? Well, Mm -hmm. then you know, do this, do this work mm-hmm. that I prepared you to do. And so I, uh, I, I, throughout my first year through this organization, I was teaching again, and I was really, really terrified. It was kind of um, almost um, PSD. PTSD. PTSD. PTSD, yeah, the
0: military. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah.
1: That of, uh, is this going to work? Can I do this? And, and, and God just led me through that, and it was a very... Positive experience, and I was surprised that I actually enjoyed teaching mm. English to mm. college students, and so that was a really fun, so unexpected.
0: I thought something was interesting. You, you described it as a failure, and so you, so you went there, supposed to have some kind of support, but you didn't. You kind of pushed on through. It was supposed to be for a term, but. didn't make it all the way through and you kind of came back head down kind of thing like this just was a disaster or whatever but at the same time though i'm struck by the thought that like that is literally the story of all of us right (laughs) like that is the whole point of the gospel is that we are failures right right if we could do it ourselves we wouldn't need jesus right and and yes in some Short-term, literal sense, you might say that's a failure, but I really just feel like that's exactly how the shape of all of our lives go. I mean, like if I if I was honest and sat down and started and had the kind of memory that I could just go back through my life and say that was like I would really just only have failures. I feel like you yeah. know what I mean. So, right. um, so I thought that was a good picture.
1: Well, and I I would say um, it it's a if the feeling is. At the time was failure, but I agree with you what you're saying. It it, it really was essential mm-hmm. for me to be the, the type of worker I am mm-hmm. today, um, and and I don't think because from that I, I was able to, um, it kind of broke me that mm-hmm, experience, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, it. It brought me to a point where I I, I had to face my bulimia mm-hmm. head on, and um, and if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have ever been healthy enough to mm-hmm. be back on mm-hmm. the field, and so um, and uh, I was able to experience what my head knew about the power of the gospel, mm-hmm. but but now I know the mm-hmm. power of the gospel in mm-hmm. in a way that's personal yeah. because um, I've been freed of that, yeah. and so
0: so this is interesting. So you grew up. Uh, Midwest um, Christian family, but not um, missionary centric kind of thing. On the other hand, and, and now you're a missionary. On the other hand, Andrew, you grew up all over the world basically in some capacity yeah. as a missionary kid. Mm-hmm. So very different backgrounds, but you're now essentially doing the same thing. You're married and all this. What has been different? Partially, it's opposite side of the world, you know, going from Central America to Asia. What has been different for you? Um, you know this life mm-hmm. from a from a child's age, but what's been different from you transitioning, maybe going as an adult? Go,
2: you know. Well, uh, two things. One, uh, when we were kids, um, we were with the IMB at that time, um, and so and we at that time um, didn't have to raise support or anything because we were funded by the cooperative program Um, and i think my dad would occasionally say just jokingly like um, we're better than those missionaries over there who don't have to go beg for have to go beg for money Um, and i think he he was just joking at the time but i think i really internalized that um, and seriously thought that we were in some way or other better because of that um, because we were funded um, I mean, I certainly saw the benefits of it because, like, the first year that we got that paycheck, we got a Nintendo 64 for the first time. Before that, we were on food stamps. So okay. um, so I really saw that as a benefit. But then now as an adult going back and raising support, um, I had to research it and learn about what is support raising and is it biblical and everything and find out that it really is and that it's actually – Um, that's kind of what Paul did and that Romans is effectively a support raising letter so that he can get on his way to Spain and that Jesus even was uh, cared for by the women who traveled along with him and everything Um, and then I started to understand the the benefits of it that um, now um, whereas before we were kind of anonymous missionaries at the time Um, that would show up at different churches and be like, yeah, we we support you and about 500 others. Um, Whereas now, whenever I show up at one of the churches that supports us, um, they know who I am. We have a close relationship. I know that they're weekly praying for me specifically and they know me um, and they get my updates. And so they're a real part of the team. Mm -hmm. And they're financially invested in me specifically and what we're doing and not just uh, the whole of everybody. Uh, and so it feels more of an ownership and, and a partnership there. Um, and I see that as a vital part of what we do now. And it's, so it's really cool to see that. Um, so that's one of the big changes that was different. The second one is that where we were in, in Guatemala and Mexico at the time growing up, it was, it was very free to, to be very open about this is what we're doing. We're missionaries. We're here to start churches. This is our purpose. Um, and now in Asia, you have a lot more security. You have to be much more careful. Mm. We can't say certain words. We never say the M word missionary. <laughs> so that, it feels weird and wrong saying it now, but, right. but we're doing other things to be careful. But, sure. uh, and it's um, just knowing that, that Big Brother is watching kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it adds a level of stress, I think, um, to, to the work but it shouldn't because cause we know who's in charge and who's got us but, but it, it does because we're weak humans and, sure. and, and we, we're, we're, there's a real fear of authorities that, I, that I'm surprised I found in me. I didn't expect to find that.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. Um, one of the things that I hear in both of your stories and I love the fact that your stories are so different um, because it kind of just proves the rule idea but it's that we have these experiences that shape us, but it's not our experiences that qualify us. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's only God that qualifies mm-hmm. us yeah. to do this kind of work, you know? And I think it's very easy to to feel like I'm qualified to do this. Like you even said that, like I felt like I was qualified, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a very natural thing. And we do, we go to school, we, you know, we train and all this kind of stuff. And those are all good things to do. And in some sense, they do qualify us, but they don't qualify us on that spiritual level. Only God does that. Nothing. <laughs>
1: Well, I think actually that it could also, um, in a way, it kind of get, disqualifies us it, when we build that mental case that over we are. It's kind of like Moses. He thought he was able to bring about the exodus on his own um, and killing the Egyptian, and and then he went to exile for 40 years, and then that's when God said, oh, now you're ready because right. you've, you've been humbled and realized that it, <laughs> it can't come through you. Yeah,
0: so. yeah, yeah. Well, guys, this has been uh, really great. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I think it's been very interesting to hear. Um, just kind of, you know, there's there's not a lot of, um, you know, where you're coming from in this um, this Asia part of Asia. There's not a ton of. Um, I'll just say reliable information coming out, and it's, so it's good to hear a kind of an honest yeah. reflection, and and just the life of being a missionary in general is 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 a refreshing uh, thing to hear. So, guys, thanks for coming on the podcast, and um, yeah.
1: Well, thanks for having
2: us. Yeah, one thing real fast, I want to say Please. that um, for any single guys out there who are looking to go on the mission field. And maybe you want to get married before you go, and that's what most people want to do. But I tell you, all the quality, mission minded women are already out that's there. That's a really good point. They're already, they're already out there. That's yeah. where you will find them in hosts and droves. Yeah. And if you go, that's where they will be. But they're not sitting around here twiddling their thumbs. That's the nugget of this. that's so, <laughs> right here. That's what that's I want that's you great. to know. That's where I found my wife. That's where you can find yours. Go answer God's call. <laughs> Love it. All right. That's, that's where you. we will end. Excellent.
0: Hey, it's Gary and Joe here again. Would you do us a favor? If you like this
2: podcast, go to iTunes and leave us a review.
0: This would mean the world to us. Thanks.